you're in a two-man tent and you're like a, a human burrito on the coast <laughs> as a brown bear around there walking by you, which did happen. So yes. yes. Oh, man. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that, yeah, to absorb that and to get that in your soul, you, you can't get rid of it. listening to the Muzzleloaders Podcast, the show where we talk about anything and everything black powder. How's it going, guys? This is Darren with Muzzleloaders.com, and you're listening to the Muzzleloaders Podcast. And I'm very excited to be here with Ralph and Vicky Cianciarulo of uh, The Archer's Choice. And um, we are going to be talking about traditions. We're going to be talking about muzzleloader hunting, the outdoor industry, all that kind of stuff. But uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with uh, their TV show. They've been around for quite some time. Um, since the mid-1980s, they've been on TV and just spreading the good news about the outdoor industry, how much fun it is to get out and hunt, and um, also getting their family involved and how hunting can be just an awesome family activity as well. Uh, and so I'm really excited to pick your guys' brain about traditions and also talk some hunting. So uh, how are you guys doing today? How are you doing? We're, we're good. You know, we're sitting here out west and just relaxing, get a good breeze here in the house. And well, just I guess you'd say vegging out, you know, trying to get trying to get things done because season's just around the corner. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I can't believe it. I just uh, tag results always come out a little bit late in Oregon. It seems like they come out into June. And so I just found out I drew elk and deer tag this year and that's going to be starting up. Uh, mine's on October, Not- so yeah, getting getting pretty stoked about that. You're gonna be using a muzzleloader, so you should. Yeah, yeah. 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 What uh, sure. what hunts do you guys have coming up? Wow. Well, yeah. So actually, we're heading down to Florida soon. We're gonna do some hogs and yep. gators. Nice. And then we are um, we actually drew, which was kind of crazy. We we didn't draw our Kansas tag this year, no. but hmm. we both drew Montana elk and deer. Hmm. And we also drew Wyoming elk. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so we're going to have freezer, knock on wood, nah. we're going to have full <laughs> freezer meat because I don't want to jinx that at all because, no. I mean, that's like a really good one to have fill up that freezers with, you know. Are they both uh, September hunts or are they different seasons? Yeah, um, yeah September hunts. Oh, um, man. That's going to be a busy September. Yeah. Pardon me? That's going to yeah. be a busy September. It is. It is. It's going to. We're be looking forward crazy. to it. Plus, we'll be hunting here, you know, back in Colorado. Yep. Oh, yep. man. In between something at the beginning, we've, we've been watching some elk, um, and hopefully, you know, if, if we could keep the water supply going, you know, we should hit something early before we even head out, you know, to, to, to Wyoming. Yeah, and go. then we also have um, Illinois whitetail. Yep. And um, Kentucky. We, yeah, we've got a bunch of whitetail stuff. Yep, and then we also we also drew Colorado late season elk, um, cow elk. So that's man. kind of a good one. I know. Man, it doesn't you, ever happen. We never get that many tags. That's awesome. You guys are just be go, go, go. <laughs> Let, let's just be clear for everybody. We're not complaining. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's crazy because, you know, everyone, everybody deals with the draw, just like we were talking, D, you know what I mean, with everything. Is, and you, you always hope. You, you, you got your fingers crossed. And, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, you get denied, you get denied. And then you go a couple of years where nothing's going right. And then you get a year like we just got. Cause we know what's coming up next year. 
Yeah. Denied, denied, denied. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, my my father-in-law and my brother-in-law both drew. So Oregon antelope is kind of like a, a prize thing because it takes like 15 to 20 years to draw depending on the unit. And so they've been putting in, obviously, wow. you know, this is the first time my brother-in-law has drawn it. And uh, we'd planned a vacation and everything. And then, they, you know, of course, this is the year they decide to draw the tag. And so now everything gets thrown for a loop. And it's just crazy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> happened with like the montana situation because yeah. ralph drew a montana elk tag last year so like he shouldn't have drawn no. it yeah. like there's no way yeah you know oh i mean we drew, we drew colorado <laughs> we drew colorado deer too which he should have drawn the colorado deer tag and, and i shouldn't have but we both drew colorado deer tags man. so i don't know what happened i mean because you put in for a whole bunch knowing that you're not going to get any right uh-huh yeah your bank account's <laughs> really good and then all it's of a like, sudden it's depreciated <laughs> you know, it crashes and then you wait, and then you wait, and it, it's funny because you're you're hoping to gain interest on the bank account, but you don't because yep. they take a little bit out of each tag. You know what I mean? So yep, yep. so it's here, it goes down, and then it comes up, but it never gets up to where it was. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I mean, it is awesome though. You guys have so many tags. It's always a huge bummer. I mean, because whenever it seems like if I don't draw tags, it's like oh, I guess I'm I guess I'm coyote hunting all year. You know. So it's like right. And, and I love coyote hunting, but it's, you know, it's not the same as, you know, just chasing down a bull elk. There's something different about no, that. No. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you guys do a lot of bear hunting too, right? You know, we did in the past and then with COVID, as you, you know, like everybody's dealing with sort of just put a stop on things. Mm-hmm. We're hoping that next spring, um, you know, they open up that, that, you know, whether you're vaccinated or not, you could, you know, go in. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. But, you know, we've got bears here and we'll have, you know, we could we'll possess a tag um, opening season for here, you know, just in case. And the bears here, mostly if we have water, you know, we'll have bear activity. Now, last year, though, we had bear tags here in Colorado and we saw them all summer long. And, and the bears mm. around here, most of them are chocolates. Most of them are chocolates. Yeah, cinnamon cinnamon around chocolate. here. yeah. a lot of color and, as soon as the season came, they all just disappeared. Like no one saw bear. Like well, it, was we, the we, it was so thing. dry. We, you know, there was nothing we could do with the water situation and the berries up high, you know, things started popping. So mm. you know where they're going to go. They're their food source. Yeah. That's a tough thing. I, I ended up seeing, so I saw a bear last fall and fall bear hunting here is kind of notoriously difficult. Um, just cause they're, they're just fattening up. They, they're just trying to finish off and get ready for yep, winter. Yep. Uh, so I saw one in September during archery season and uh, never was able to get a good shot on it. So I just kind of let it go, went back to elk hunting. And then this spring, uh, like we were kind of talking pre-show, it just rained all spring long. And so I saw a bear sign everywhere, but I mean, it was really tough to find a bear. Um, but my buddy ended up killing a really nice bear this year, which is which is oh, great. Good. Yeah, he killed a it's like a four hundred pound black bear, which is pretty big for oh, Oregon. So <laughs> that's a good bear. Yeah. And, and how, how like depending on the area, I I gather that. But you know, are you guys are you seeing a lot of color phase, or is it you know majority blacks or? His was jet black, which is actually okay. kind of the one I've mostly seen jet black, like. But there are a lot of color phase. Um, I'd say maybe not mostly like you guys, but we have probably about 50-50, maybe slightly weighted towards color phase. So it's really desirable for people that are back east because they have only the the black bears. Yeah. So they'll come out here and hunt the color phase, you know. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, so yeah. I kind of want to know a little bit about you guys too, and your background, uh, in, in hunting and all that kind of stuff, because obviously you guys have been hunting for forever, you know, and really, in, uh, enjoyed your time on the outdoor channel and really kind of pioneered a lot of that stuff. Um, and so, and we had, we had uh, Jackie Bushman on the show too recently and talked a little bit about what okay. it was like to be in the the outdoor industry back in back in the day before a lot of these main channels were around so what was that like for you guys um you, you know growing up at 13 i got a i it's just against the rules i guess but at 13 i was working at an archery pro shop uh -huh. i would change the target cuts once a month and then i could shoot for free that was you know and and i just it was it was an addiction a great addiction that i loved you know shooting a bow and just getting outside and, and it just kept con continued on and then at 24 i opened up an archery shop called archer's choice mm -hmm. um you know just out of the city of chicago crazy and uh yeah. you know and then she came in you know with her ex-boyfriend yeah she, she, right here. <laughs> she, came in. she came in and you know before that you know i was i was already hunting i was any any chance of making a dollar mm -hmm. i got it and i came out west i headed out west you know, on a lot of public land mm -hmm. and got fortunate shooting elk and deer and everything. And, you know, a, at the time, what was crazy was the outdoor writer for the Chicago Tribune. His name was John Hussar. Mm -hmm. Started writing about my adventures because he, he was intrigued. You know, how, why did I just do what I did? And, and it, it, because it was syndicated, it got things going and moving, you know, in a great direction, built up, you know, my name and, and what I was accomplishing and, and, uh, started filming mm -hmm. because it was just, you know, it was just the beginning in the eighties, you know, it was something, you know, it was crazy, but we were just having a conversation. We, we were selling hunting videos at like 49 95. And when we first started dating, we yeah. got married. Um, I was, I actually worked at a newspaper and I worked on the computers, which was back when Macs were just coming out. So I'm uh -huh. going to age myself here. <laughs> but Ralph, oh my gosh, she works on computers. Yeah. So she can go ahead and edit the camera. Edit uh -huh. the videos. <laughs> so, yeah. So I learned how to edit really fast and we, we did all the co covers and everything in house, basically, seriously, in house. Uh -huh. and, literally. Uh, yeah, literally in house. And, um, but it went from VHS to DVD. And, you know, we're doing seminars and things like that. But then all of a sudden... At that like, time, there were no couples really doing it. No. You, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. You're talking back 99, we sent in... Um, was it 99? 99, yep, 99 we were discussing yep. about going on the outdoor channel. People were like, you need to do this. And we're going, mm -hmm. why would we go on TV? Come on. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, but they... We ended up putting sending in a um, pilot. a pilot to the outdoor channel. And they're like, yes. So our first episode of Archer's Choice aired the beginning of April in 2001, uh -huh. and our son Jay was born January 16th, 2001. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, Crazy. yeah, so um, we have had the Archer's Choice has been on the Outdoor Channel for 22 years now, and the Choice, which is any weapon, has been on there for 17 years this year. So, man, and we've been, been filming for, well since the 80s, filming since the 80s. And so what was, this is just more from my curiosity, because I do a lot of editing. What was, what was editing like, um, back in the day? Cause I used like, they didn't have final cut pro and stuff like that, you know? No. Oh no. No. We, so, I, go on. I was going to say, so, so Ralph, when I first started dating him and when we first got married, he would go deck 
to deck. He'd have two source decks and a record deck. Uh-huh. And he would sit there, he would, yeah, with a big mixer board, and he'd like set everything set up just perfectly and hit record and hit play and then oh, hit pause it, it and hit play. Crazy. And oh, try to do all this. Yeah. And then I'll never forget, we bought our first computer. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, VM Studio Lite or something like that. And I'll never forget because we bought an external hard drive. Uh-huh. And that external hard drive was like two gigabytes. Four gigabytes. You remember? It I, was tiny compared yeah. to nowadays, but it was but like expensive. But it was like thirty six hundred dollars. Holy Like moly. I'll never forget that. And now we get yeah. them on a flash drive for pennies. You yeah. know, it's yeah. it's crazy. But and then that computer actually just ran the deck for you. It was still linear. You still couldn't do it on the computer. Uh-huh. You know. So <laughs> yeah, no, we just really showed our age. You know, we were filming. <laughs> Here's the funny part. We, you know, it started out on three quarter inch. Uh-huh. So you had this big camera with a blue cable and a deck that sat on your back. You, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then we went to beta and I, I mean, that's and these giant cameras. And now you look at what we're, I mean, DSLRs, it's crazy. You know, the guys are shooting on the quality Sony FS sixes, right? Something yep. like that. Yeah. Interchangeable lenses. The camera's this big. It's, yeah. it's just nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. And the quality. Well, it's even your phones. You know, your phones have such high oh, quality yeah. cameras now too. It's just, it's just wild, you know, to think yeah. about that. And, um, you know, it's cool to see that, 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 that didn't stop you guys either. Just because it was difficult, you still made it happen and still, you know, put out hunting content and stuff. And nowadays, it seems like even with a phone and stuff, it's like, oh, I don't know, I don't really want to go out and record myself. I'd rather, you know, it's like, it's like even though it's so much easier. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I really just want to encourage people if you guys are out there and, and considering starting a YouTube channel or whatever, get yourself going, you know, start, start pursuing your passions because, um, you know, the world is at your fingertips right now with the internet and, you know, cell phone cameras and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, and the other thing I'd like to touch with that and just, just please everybody remember this, that once you put it out there, it's out there. Mm Mm-hmm. So take take pride and follow the rules. You know what I mean? Yes. We know game wardens that are making more arrests on social media because, you know, guys or girls, they the deer's there, the elk, there's no tag on them or anything. I mean, mm-hmm. just, just follow your regulations because once you put it out there, you can't take that back. So, and, and you don't want to do anything that's going to harm our hunting lifestyle. No. Yes. No. You know, I mean, it's, it's not a little video that you're going to show your friends anymore. If you put it out there, it's out there. It's out there. And you can definitely turn people off. So, I mean, that's, you know, one of the things that we have to always be careful of is just you, when you put anything online, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that it's tasteful. You don't want to, you know, back in the day, you know, if we would throw deer on their hoods. Now they're like, mm, don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. now it's like... You know, it's like, you know, you don't want to turn people off. They get what you're doing. We just don't want to make them, like, not like what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're eating the freshest, most organic meat oh, you probably get. There is. But it still turns some people off. So whatever you do when you put stuff online, make sure it's tasteful that it's not going to offend, that it's not over the top yeah. story. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's really important because really – uh, the microscope is kind of on, you know, with hunting and, it and it's, you really kind of got to keep your nose clean a little bit because now more than ever, you have to make sure that you're, you're it, Cause anybody can find anything like you say. Right. So, um, Absolutely. yeah. So what, uh, what was it like, uh, first getting onto the outdoor channel? Um, cause the outdoor channel was pretty new at that point. Was it not? It, yeah. Real new. It was yeah. very new. And I mean, first of all, we never went, we were never like, Hey, 
I think I'm going to grow up and I'm going to go on an outdoor channel and I'm going to be a TV hunter. You know, yeah, no. nothing, nothing. And let's be clear. So everybody, <laughs> all the viewers, we're, we're nothing special. We're, no. we're all just hunters. Mm-hmm. We're blessed to be able to make a living doing what we have. We, we've been, you know, done all this time and we can't thank everybody, you know, that, that's watched us. But the, the reality of it is, is we are. Anybody you see on TV, we're just hunters. Mm-hmm. We're no celebrity, man. We're, we're just blessed to do what we do. And, you know, some of us have been fortunate to do it for, you know, a long period of time. Yeah. And make a living on it. And make a living, you know, you and, know? and ne- never lose respect to the land or the animals. You, you know what I mean? And try to always, try to always do the best that you can. And, mm-hmm. and I think one of the biggest things is, you know, when we started, there were no ladies, you know, there were no girls doing it. And, and I, I got some kickback from some of the guys, <laughs> you know, they were like, what are you doing, man? You yeah. know what I mean? Just, now he wishes he would have listened. Yeah. Oh, that's no, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know that there, I mean, it just, it is what it was, you know, at that yeah. time. But, uh, you know, I always looked at it and, and I think Vicky did too. If we could produce something that the family would sit down and watch, they might have a different outlook on on our lifestyle, mm-hmm. on your, on all of ours, and all the listeners, you know, and all of you, it, we all live this 24 seven. It's yeah. not something that we do just on a part-time basis. When I say that I'm talking about everybody, mm-hmm. anyone that really lives the outdoor lifestyle, they live it 24 yeah. seven. You know, when you're driving to work early in the morning and you see a bull elk yeah. on the right yeah. side or left, you're, you're, you're swerving. You know what I mean? You're, <laughs> and you look at it, you know, in today's world, you're grabbing your phone and you're looking at the app to see who owned that land. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, so it's, it, it's not a, it's not something that people do part time. Mm-hmm. They live it 24 seven. They, you know, and, and if you, and you know this, you know, the majority of the people that, that live this, you know, believe in the second amendment mm-hmm. and you know, and, and they want, and they want to, they want these freedoms. Um, so that's all we're, we're all, we're nothing special. We're just been blessed to do what we've done. Yeah, and I totally agree. I think that uh, the hunting lifestyle is really important, and I think it's uh, a lot of the a lot of the uh, benefits of it oftentimes get overlooked because of the the I, I kind of say the stereotypes, like the things that the notions that people have in their mind about it before they get involved right. in it, you know, and understanding that's like, yeah, it's great, you know, you get out in the mountains, you do something hard, and it's challenging, and it's not that hunters are just a bunch of bloodthirsty animals, you know, it's like, no, we're out there to, to harvest an animal, but it's like, that's, that's not really the, the fun part. It's like the, the fun part is being out in the woods. The fun part is, is providing for your family and touching base with, uh, you know, our roots of people that were hunter gatherer societies and stuff like that. You know, that is, that is the benefit and, um, appeal of hunting. Absolutely. And, and like you just said, honestly, the actual shot, when you go hunting, the actual shot, whether it's, you know, a muzzleloader, or a rifle, a, a bow, whatever it is, is actually anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Like it's everything leading up to and then taking care of it after. Yeah. Well, it, and the other thing with that, Nick, is, I mean, again, all hunting, you're at your highest of high and in a millisecond, you could be at the lowest of low. Mm-hmm. You squeeze your trigger, you pulled off your target. You know, your, your release wasn't good with your arrow. I, I mean, so so the emotional roller coaster that, that we all deal with on a, on a daily basis, mm-hmm. it, you know, highs of highs, lows of low, hero to zero in seconds, mm-hmm. um, 
And, and I think we thrive on that, you, you yeah. know, because it, it, there is something there. They're, you know, getting up on that mountaintop and then all of a sudden going, I need to be over there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, so you hike all the way down, hike all the way back up and you get over that one and you're like, maybe they're on the next one, <laughs> yep. you, you know, and, and you keep going and you're fatigued mentally and physically you're beat up, but, but you're still going, you yep. still, still go, go. Yep. you know, and the reward sometimes is not the kill. The reward is being, being there and, you know, on, on your trials and tribulations of, of going through a daily basis yes. of a true wild hunt. Yeah. Pushing your limits. You know, sometimes the, the kill feels more like a, like, Oh man, I'm, I'm five miles back in here. <laughs> now, now what, you know, it's like, <laughs> so yeah. yeah I and, I agree. and I can promise you as you get older, you know, you start, get worse. you yeah. start going, man, why do we need I'm, to go that way? Gonna, no, I'm not going to shoot them in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to do this no more. Like, My you body, know, why did I come this yeah. far? <laughs> this, this, is why, this is why we've got our big galoot son, RJ, yeah. who's 6'2", works out every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now yeah. he's the one that, hey, bud, come here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, what is it your guys' what's your guys is like because you guys have hunted all over the place um what has been your favorite area your favorite species like what's one you just keep coming back to after after the time honestly ralph will probably say the same as me it's up in that northern wilderness i mean we've been fortunate enough in, to hunt up in alaska and the yukon mm. and when you're up there and there's no interference there's nothing <sighs> that gets in your way you know whether you're floating down a river looking for moose or up in the mountains for brown bear or vice versa whichever one it is mm -hmm. there's just something about that northern wilderness where you know like we were just talking a minute ago about you know like you go over the next ridge and over the next mm -hmm. ridge but you're way up there i mean it truly is up to you to get yourself back yeah and it's just the scent and the smell or the smells and the, and the scenery and we've often said because when we go up there you know we're always filming it mm -hmm. and we film it and we take photos and everything like that and we'll put it on our show and we'll show it to our family and our right. friends but yeah we, yeah we wish we had smell a vision yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you don't get the full effect of the breeze hitting your face when mm -hmm. you're watching the video like oh that's cool and i'm like no you guys don't understand you need yeah. to be there i mean we love hunting everywhere Everything. but our favorite would definitely um, i don't know did i just step on your toes no is that where you would have said yeah yeah i kind of get, get, you know give me the northwest give me northwestern bc territories alaska you, you know what i mean the mm -hmm. yukon and and it's, it's just because one no service yes okay yep. no service no you can't get anything on your phone. And, and I mean, every day is an adventure. And, mm -hmm. and the adventure, it's not just the hunt, but it's getting through. It's, it's going through the rapids. It's getting back safe at night. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's being around wolves. You know, they're, they're, they're going out, they're, you know, they're going at it right around camp. Mm -hmm. You got a dang moose that walks right through your tent. You, you know what I mean? And yeah. you got, you, you're in a, you're in a two man tent. And you're like a, a human burrito on the coast as a brown bear <laughs> around there walking by you, which did happen. So yes. yes. Oh man. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that. Yeah. To absorb that and to get that in your soul, you, you can't get rid of it. You, you, you know what I mean? And yeah. And the other, I guess, the other one would, would be simply, you know, the, this particular animals, elk, moose. Yeah. You, you know, the, the animals, that, and even though we're originally from Illinois, you would think white-tailed deer. Mm -hmm. But it, it really isn't. We love our deer. Yes. But 
Yeah, give us give us those big critters. Give us the predators. Give us full yeah. freezers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I I agree. I just got back so from Alaska at the end of June and um went just on a like more more of a touristy trip. We did some fishing and you know, we went to Denali and that kind of thing. Um, but it's just incredible up there. It's awesome, you know. And I would really love is. I'd love to go up there and do some hunting at some point. I'd, I've considered moving there because it's so expensive to hunt out of state up there. But if you live there, they're like, here's a moose tag and a whole bunch of other tags. And you can just hunt all the time. It's like, wow, this is it's almost worth it to move up there for a couple of years and, you know, knock all the right. knock all the Grand Slam stuff off and then come back. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to do that in 92 when I proposed to her. Yeah, I was like, I was yeah, like no, come on, let's just move to Alaska. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll, We'll hunt our bears. We'll do everything we need to do, and then we'll come back. Yeah, I, that's that's awesome. I think that um, Alaska is is really cool, and I think that I definitely want to go back at some point in time and do some hunting. But um, I kind of want to talk about your TV shows as well. Uh, so you have the Archer's Choice, and you have the Choice, and right. um, you guys do a lot of so any weapon you do, rifle, muzzleloader, all that kind of stuff. And you guys have yeah. been uh, with traditions for quite a while now, and uh, you guys have oh. a lot of experience with their muzzle loaders and um allison is actually who uh kind of put us in contact with you guys so shout out to allison um yeah, but she, uh yeah she's awesome <laughs> she is. um so what uh what what are you guys' thoughts on traditions you guys have obviously had a lot of time behind the nitro fire so what's uh what's the deal there well you know the crazy thing is and with with muzzle loaders and, and i think what, what happens a lot of bow hunters have make that transition Mm -hmm. to, you know, to muzzle loading, because again, it's that, that one shot counts, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It, you you want to be a little bit closer. So, so I, I think that's what really brought us into traditions. You know, we, we love the concept, but we also love the idea of reaching out a little further, mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and when we started playing with all the different guns, we're like, right. wow, this is sweet, you know? And, yeah. and we, I, I remember um, the biggest critter I took with my traditions was my brown bear. Yeah, he actually took Ooh. an Alaskan brown bear back in, I think it was 2005. Yeah, really? a long time ago. But yeah. that was well before the nitro fire. Yeah, that was, that was oh, yeah. way, way, way long time. Now, I mean, we've hunted with our mouths with our traditions for a bunch of years now. And when they came out with the new gun, the new but rifle. Simplicity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know what I mean? So nice. You're so more apt to go ahead and just grab it and go and hunt than, hey, do you got those speed loaders, Ralph? Can yeah. You, do, yeah. Can you, can yeah. you go ahead and give me some loaders put together can you do this for me you know which no and i can do it myself but you might as well make him do it for me <laughs> exactly. she does she does let's be clear she does <laughs> but, with, but with the new fire I mean, that thing is just that that's just sweet you know i mean you go ahead you put well, stab it in there you there's, the there's nothing in, more and it's done there's yeah. nothing more consistent yeah. no you, you yeah. know what i mean there's totally. no more measuring you know because i know a lot of people shot the pellets and then we were told years ago you know that honestly that loose powder you can, you know, get, get a little more accurate with, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true or not, but we followed that routine. So, you know, we were shooting loose powder. Um, and then, you know, when, when Tom and Alice, you know, when they said, Hey, we got something for you guys to try. We're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? You know what I mean? Yeah, Wait yeah. a minute. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. And, and to understand that they're all pre-measured, they're manufactured that way. I mean, this is, this has changed the game. Mm -hmm. Right. And with the Twist, the vapor twist yep. in the barrel there it's just making more everything accurate. even more accurate yeah. so i mean they, they they get it they know what what's going on and i mean tom this is 
he just absolutely is in it. I mean, we've known him for, gosh, oh well, before gosh. 2005. Oh, way and, yep. um, You know, I mean, that's a long time ago. Uh-huh. But, you know, and Alice, is, Alice, she's in there, and she's taking care of stuff, too. And you can just see that they are their heart and soul is in this muzzleloader business. They, mm-hmm. they love making people successful out there. You know, and that's one thing that I think we lose. You know, in today's world of acquisitions and everything that's going on, uh-huh. we love the mom-and-pop stories. Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. love them. Yeah. And you want to, especially today in America, Vicky, we, we want to embrace that. We, we, we yeah. want to promote that. We want to, because that's what America was made on. And, and, and the thing is, is in case, I mean, we're just talking about like people should know who Tom and Allison are. Yeah, well, yeah. Allison, that's Tom Hall's daughter. Yeah. And Tom yeah. owns Fish and Fire. This is a family so, I mean, this is something we need to, we need to say yep, that yep. people understand why yeah. we're talking about family businesses here. And, and, and you talk about love and passion and trying to get, you know, trying to get to that next step, mm-hmm. being more accurate, being more functional, be it trying to make muzzleloader, you know, simpler. Mm-hmm. Because you know we're gonna now you know you know you're gonna get some people well that ain't muzzleloaders and and the reality of it is yes it is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is yeah you know that's yeah. why we that's why we came out with the choice Darren it, years ago we were bow hunters uh-huh. and we we would go to camps and you would hear people just fighting amongst themselves yeah yep. you know what I mean it's, it's like they're they're cannibalistic yeah <laughs> they yeah. really yeah. because they they just want to eat their their own mm-hmm. you know oh I shoot a flintlock I shoot you know I shoot an inlock. Well, that ain't that. Is, yes, it's all hunting. Or if we're bow hunters, we're not allowed to pick up a crossbow. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's don't, don't a big that. no no. You know, yeah. so we, we came up with this. We had this idea. We're like, let's let's start the choice. Choice mm-hmm. and it's because it's the choice. It's your choice. It's your as choice. It's just legal in your state, province, county, whatever. You know what? Go ahead and do it. Get out there and enjoy the outdoors. Totally. And then back to traditions. I mean, these guys. Well, they, let, they, they just got it. Well, you look at. Let, let, let's go let's go back where we were you know from originally illinois mm-hmm. and you have you have two shotgun seasons and you have a muzzleloader season mm-hmm. yep. but you can turn around and not shoot a, you know a, your slug your slug gun you can shoot your muzzleloader during the shotgun season mm-hmm. and if you can be more accurate why not yeah right yep. why not do it totally. you, you, you know what i mean i mean if, if if things if we would not change things we'd still be driving a Ford model T <laughs> Yeah. and now yeah. we're now it wouldn't, it, oh, maybe it'd be electric now. <laughs> mm, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that the, the, the gatekeeping is kind of like what you guys are talking about. And that's something that's, it's really prevalent in muzzleloading. And we see a lot in, on, um, not, not the podcast so much. Um, we've been really fortunate with, uh, you know, a lot of our guests like you guys that are kind of on the same page that we are, but uh, you know, the comments just, it's tough because, People, they especially in muzzleloading, because muzzleloading is rooted in traditional, you know, frontier type stuff. People want to hang on to that really tightly. And I think that there's an aspect of that that traditions does really well that should be hung on to. You know, the side locks, yep. flint locks. They all, offer it. Yeah, and I think that traditions does a great job of that. Um, but there's also the, the, the innovations, the, you know, let's make the inlines, let's make those a little bit more, you know, better, more accessible. And the nitrifier does a great job, I think of, of reducing the barrier of entry, making it easier for people to get into muzzle loading, because I've talked to several people personally that aren't even involved in muzzle loading, but have heard about the nitrifier and they're like, you know, I probably would never pick up a muzzle loader, but I definitely try, I would try the nitrifier, you know? And I think that that's kind of, that's the thing, you know, that gets them involved. 
that's huge because it, you know, again, they may get into it with the nitro fire and actually transition back to the traditional mm-hmm. that, you know, go, go in, go in a full leather garb and, you know, do their own. And that's awesome. Yep. That's great. You know, we embrace it all, but, right. but, but the thing is, is we've got to figure out we're losing numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the participation of hunting, whether it's, you know, access to land, whether it's costs of things, whatever it may be, we're losing. So when we have a company like Traditions Innovative, but also keep it tradition, mm-hmm. we have a company that, that really is supporting the entire thing. And you could get in that, you know, get in there and get involved in any aspect that you want to. Yeah. That's totally. huge. Because if we make it easier, again, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I'm going to say something politically not correct. <laughs> I'm not saying one should have a trophy. Uh-huh. Let's be clear. Sure, I'm sure. not saying that. Yeah. What I'm saying right. though is, if we can make it easier for them to be more accurate, you know, it's like everyone goes, I, sh- I still shoot my recurves. I love them. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love shooting a recurve. However, I'm not that accurate with them. <laughs> yeah, even, yeah. Even though I love shooting them. Mm-hmm. So what should I hunt with? Yeah, exactly. That's, I think that's the thing too is, um, and I, what I've experienced with muzzle loaders is that, you know, you start with inlines, like I hunted spring bear with a, an inline this year and then, you know, this, this fall, I plan to use a flintlock, you know? So just kind of like that progression of like, let's move, let's move more into that because I really think it's, it's fun. You know, and like you're saying the, the transition from archery to muzzle loading is, is not a huge jump. Um, I kind of like to think of it as almost like a happy medium where you have a lot of the challenges of archery season, but it's not quite as, um, archery season is extremely technical and it's like, it's total chess match. Whereas muzzleloading is still a chess match, but it is less so, you know, and then right. rifle is all about precision and you, you bring some of that into right. muzzleloading too. So it's like this balance between the two. And so I think that really appeals to a lot of people, but they don't give it enough of a chance to, uh, to, to really see if they would like it or not. I agree with you. I really yeah, do. I mean, and that's a, that's a great way of putting it too. I, I've never heard it. I've never really had anyone actually say it the way you just said it, but that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent, you know, and, and I mean, again, so if, if we can bring them in, show them the simplicity of it mm-hmm. and understand, you, you know, the, the, the fundamentals of, of shooting a muzzleloader. Yeah. The next thing, either they're going to go to the, the technical side or say, you know what, man, I want to be Jeremiah Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. You, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's fine either way. Yeah, totally. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the nitro fire. What's your guys' experience been with that, like on a, uh, an experiential side? Um, because it's not, it's not legal in our state, so I haven't been able to yep. do any hunting with it. Right. So I'd really be curious to get your guys' perspective on that. So I'm going to go to a hunt. We were down in Florida earlier this year. And we were doing some some doe or some deer management, deer management. and hog hunting. Mm-hmm. And um, I was filming Ralph. We were in an elevated stand, and you had the nitro fire yep. with you. And we're waiting, and it's getting, you know, the sun's finally starting to go down a little bit. The deer start moving, and this buck comes in. He's walking across kind of a swampy kind yeah, of Yeah, he came out of Pal- Palmetto Head or uh, Cypress Head coming through. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. It was cool because we're watching him for – 30 minutes yeah and when he finally came in and ralph went he took a shot put him down and at the same time these does start showing up and we're doing deer management and it's basically like deer let's do this we'll put the meat in the freezer actually they had they were donating the meat on that one yep anyway from the range 
the convenience of the nitro fire oh. was we're in this elevated blind. All he had to do is reload the sabot in mm-hmm. the in the barrel, put in the fire stick, and he was ready for his dough. And, and my primer. Paint, yep. Yeah, and your primer. But I mean, and it was done, and we were set to go. There was no having to worry about getting all the the powder. No, in and it. especially in such a confined. I mean, it was a small blind. Yeah. And it's humid down there. And mm-hmm. I mean, everything, the convenience of it was amazing. Yep. I, I, I mean, it, 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 it truly, again, I hate to use it, it simplifies things. Yep. But more than it simplifies, it gives you exact measurements. Totally. Every That's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The As you know, so yeah, you start playing with powder and you miss a little bit. Something falls down, and, and, and the next thing you know, you know you're four inches low left, or, or yeah. whatever it may be. So, so, so again, being able to be more accurate, being more consistent, especially you know on a shoot, you know on a hunting situation, mm-hmm. you know because nobody wants to go out and wound something. Nobody oh, no. wants to go make a bad shot. That's reality. Yeah. That happens. But you know, I, we we want to have a, a a tool that we can trust. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, just having done a lot of muzzleloader load development, there's so many additional variables to muzzleloaders than there are for even, like, centerfire because all those same components of centerfire load development are present in muzzleloading, but you also have the additional variables of um, making sure that when you pack down your bullet, you pack it consistently. And I didn't – That's that, I mean, those, these are lessons that I'm still learning, and I've worked here for years. It's like, man, if, if your pack is not exactly right – that's going to drastically impact your your um, sure. accuracy. Right. So that ram rod. Yep. You, sc- you know, you score your you ram, score ram rod. Yep. So we know that it's every time. Exactly. There's you know, and the other thing, too, uh, yeah. you know, I, I'll tell you one of the biggest things I think that uh, maybe we don't even talk about a lot with the nitro fire, and that is how to safely unload it. Mm-hmm. Huge. Yes. Yeah, that's huge, huge. Because I, I'm, I, I'll, I'll admit it. Mm-hmm. You know, you come off a hunt. What do you do? Yeah, you, t- you know what I mean. Yep. You, you just put it in the corner, and it's you no know, this. You open up, you pull it out, you're done. It's really, to me, very huge. Tell if it's been loaded or yep. not. And, totally. You know, on a regular huge advantage. Yeah, and I think that um, I think that the nitrifier too, especially being in Florida, having the waterproofness. I don't think traditions adver- advertises it as as waterproof. No, but, um, I don't either. No, but we have. Uh, our te- we tested it and we submerged it for six hours in water and it and it still went off just fine. So I'll put a link above to our nice. YouTube video for you, those of you guys watching on YouTube. But yeah, the fire stick is um, for all intents and purposes, it's going to keep the water out. You know, and it's and it, the yeah. ease the ease of unloading, like during bear season when it was just pouring rain, and you know you have uh-huh. water down your barrel, and then you, you get back and you're like do I unload this? Do I not? You know, and if you leave it, you're on the risk of having wet powder the next day. And, right. and so there's just all these it's different fire. concerns. Yeah. Yep. So the fire stick, being able to unload it, having the water resistance, um, just huge, huge benefits to it there. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, so there. what, uh, what about the striker fire? Have you guys been used? I know you have used the striker fire in the past. Yeah, um, is that kind of your backup for some of the States you yeah, hunt that maybe absolutely. it's not legal? No hammer, you, you, you know what I mean? That yeah. All it is is real simple. That, that to me is what I love about it. It, it, it. Again, as long as you watch your measurements and everything, you're still you're still accurate. Mm-hmm. You're still there. Totally. Yeah, and what uh, 
So what's your guys' like average shot with a muzzleloader typically? Um, it, obviously, the, the, the Vortex striker fire can really reach out there and, and touch some stuff that I think a lot of people don't really realize um, that it's accurate yeah. to way farther than people would, would assume. Um, but uh, what do you guys usually well, do on average? With, with filming, with filming, and because, like Ralph said earlier, like, we started this bow hunting. Uh-huh. So we, like, get up and close. And it doesn't yeah. matter if it's with our bows or with right. a muzzleloader or even if we're rifle hunting, for the most part, man, everything's got to be within. We, we try to get everything Two, with 200 yards or in. Yeah, uh-huh. but with a muzzleloader, like, it's 150. Yeah, muzzleloader sometimes even closer than that still. Yeah. 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 I and, I, and you know, and you, you know, Derek, you, you know how far we can shoot them. Oh yeah. You know, accurately. Yeah. But, but again, I, I like the woodsman part of hunting. Mm-hmm. I like to be more stealthier. I, I, you know, and I'm not knocking anybody. God bless them that they can shoot far. I still like the, I, I like getting in there where you think they can hear your heartbeat. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's that. That's what we cherish. Totally. And those are the experiences you really remember, you know, because, I mean, this this year uh, during archery season, I had a, a bull, you know, about 50 yards, which is a little bit – it was a little bit too far than what I was comfortable with with my bow. But I was like, once you're that close and you're just – you're screaming at each other with a bull, there's just not much experience. It's like I, do I, I don't really know if I want to shoot one at 200 yards, you know. It's kind of like it's, it's not yep. the same experience, you know. So I totally understand that. Yeah, we're, we're there, you, you know, and, and in today's world, you know, people, uh, whether it's YouTube or whatever, you know, they show, hey, I'm shoot, I, you know, I shot this antelope with my bow at, you know, 120 yards, mm-hmm. but they're not showing you the misses. They're not showing you, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. This, yep. let, let, let's be real. Let's truly be real. And let's get back to being a woodsman. Let's mm-hmm. get back to reading signs, sneaking in. You know, I still, I walk into every Bass Pro and Cabela's and we do this. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just my arm. Yeah, I no, know. no. I, I, I check the material. You, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yep, Even yep. when I'm muzzleloader hunting, I, I still I don't want any noise. Like you, when you come up and you hear that clothing swish, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no! But like, you, I love I love being close. So does she. Yeah. So yeah. and now RJ, RJ, you know, we're like, hey, you know, we put a target out at, at 200 yards. It's like, yeah, Dad, I'd, I'd rather shoot about 100, 150. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, shout out to shout out to quality gear too. Quality gear. If you guys are listening and ha- don't have any, make sure you get some. It, it's a game changer. Oh, you know, Absolutely. like we've said, there's no bad weather, just bad gear. Yep. Honestly. Yep. Because in today's world, there's no reason why you have to be miserable anymore. And, and I mean, and and we've been there. Trust me. Yeah. We, yeah we've and, been and, there. and you don't have to look like the Michelin Man walking out there. Either. No. They make the material <laughs> stay dry and warm. You know, back in the day. Oh. Yeah, well, especially before they start making women's clothing. But anyways, overall, I mean, back in the day, you go out there on a cold day, you know, and you can't move your arms. You can't, you know, you can't hold the gun right. You can't mm-hmm. throw your bow back. Nowadays, everything is so much different. Yeah. We cut, kudos to, to the industry. You know, yeah. we, they've a lot of manufacturers have come a long way. Totally. Totally. When you mentioned the women's gear, what, what's it been like over the years being a, in, like a woman involved in, in the outdoor industry? Has that been a challenge is that because i know like having no gear that fits correctly must have sucked right i mean in the beginning of it it was definitely wearing all of ralph's clothes i mean there was no there wasn't any woman's clothing out there you know and there really wasn't any women's bows or anything back in the day um it is definitely i mean women's is the largest um segment of growing the quickest quickest, largest quickest 
growing segment of the hunting industry mm-hmm. is women now, yeah. you know, and I think part of it is because we do have the equipment now for us to wear. Mm-hmm. We have actual women hunting boots. I don't have to wear men's hunting boots. I don't have to wear men's clothing. Yeah. I can shoot a girl's bow if I want to, you know, um, you can order a gun, shorter stop. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you know, there's a whole lot of things that, you know, it, it doesn't need to be pink. It doesn't need to be purple. <laughs> yeah. I'm yep. just saying it doesn't need to be that. I still like camouflage. Yeah. But yeah. it's, um, it has definitely come around so much in the past 30 years. My yeah. goodness. That yeah. has really changed it. And I do think, I think that's a big part of, of why there's more women out there, out there doing it as well, because they don't feel so odd about it because mm-hmm. they're finding, finding becoming welcome to the sport yeah to the lifestyle where it wasn't there before and i'll put this out there i used to run i used to outfit okay and i mm-hmm. i had camps here in colorado we had camps you know in in wisconsin and everywhere else and i i would normally this was pre vicky but mm-hmm. i would have one week of ladies only it was awesome there and it was- <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? here's what i learned the women the ladies, the girls, yeah, they're better hunters than guys. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank because you. guys, seriously, guys mm-hmm. come in and go, "What'd you see? Uh, I didn't see a shooter." Yeah, yeah. Huh? Okay. Girls, you know, the women would come in and go, "I saw seven does up on the ridge. Yeah. I saw two little bucks, you know, to, to uh, on my left side. I had a spider come down. I killed him." <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yep. They, they 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 were telling me that they were into the entire experience, the mm-hmm. hunt. You know, they, they, they had, they have more patience, you know, and if you, you know, if you tell them, Hey, you know, listen, we've got a, we've got a, a nice six point or a nice eight point. He's been coming in, you know, they're, they're sitting there and they're absorbing everything Yeah. where the guys are like, yeah, I didn't see a shooter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think women tend to be a little bit more, at least, at least it's the case for me and my wife. My wife is much more attentive and like attentive to detail. And so, um, she's more recently beginning into regular hunting. She spent some time out with me doing bear hunting and I've had to really learn that, um, this is some advice I've learned from other women in the outdoor industry, but just like, don't push so hard, you know, like do, do what's fun for them just to get them hooked. And then like, you know, and then allow them to just fall in love with it in whatever way they do. And my wife loves shed hunting and, it's it's hilarious because like sometimes I'll find the first couple and then she'll end up just blowing me out of the water. You know, it's just I don't think I've ever found more sheds than her because she just she sees the she sees the points and like these little things that I just overlook or walk past, you know. And so um I really think that if if you're listening to this and you are a woman, you're you're just on the fence about getting, you know, started in hunting. Definitely give it a shot, you know. And and go at your own pace. Don't feel like you have to just, you know, go all out there, you know. And, and, you know, and again, it goes back to the gear too. So say, say you, you're thinking about wanting to get in there and maybe, maybe, you know, your significant other, you know, your boyfriend, your husband, or is already doing it. Mm-hmm. Don't just go pick up their equipment and try to do it. Yeah. Like go out and get set up, get, get the right kind of like bow that fits you. Or, you know, maybe don't go shoot a 300 win mag on your first try out there. <laughs> where it's going to knock the crap out of you. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Go out there and blink a little bit with maybe a 22 or something like that. And like you said, keep it fun because that's what it's about. Yeah. You need to go out there. You really love being outdoors because it's fun. Yeah. Rainstorms stink, but you know what? The memories, we're ready to go back the very next day. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Everything is part of that hunt. And as long as it's fun, why not? And it's the same thing goes with kids too, or any new hunters, whether it's a woman, a man or a child, you know, 
keep it fun and they'll be enthusiastic and they're going to want to keep going back at it. And then as for the attention part, if you were to look at my phone, the photos on my phone compared to Ralph's photos on his phone, I take pictures of everything uh. out. I have got weird photos of like yucca plants and flowers and trees and uh. anything I can find. I'm taking photos. Rock. Uh-huh. Yeah. Rock. Yeah. You know? He packs them out because I will not back out any rock. <laughs> but, but no, I, I draw a line there. Uh. But, but Part of the reason why I love being out there, I just love the outdoors, you know, yeah, and the hunting yeah. and, and being able to go ahead and tag an animal is just a bonus. Yeah. You know, Darren, here's one, just a quick story I want to tell you. RJ was nine years old. Yeah, nine. Yeah. We're, we're hunting in Illinois. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's shotgun youth season. season, youth season, mm-hmm. and it's, we're in a ground blind. I'm filming. I got the camera on tripod, Vicky's in the blind, and RJ's in the middle. Mm-hmm. We got him on sticks. Everything's cool. And the first deer that comes out, we didn't care what it was, you know, because we felt always, you know, before we start managing the wildlife, we have to manage our kids. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So uh, it, it's whatever you want to shoot, you shoot. Mm-hmm. So this this button butt comes out, and he's starting to come. He's coming across the creek, and I'm filming it. And he presents the shot, but I can't because – the blind i can't film i have to wait till he walks in the next window yep mm-hmm. and i tell large no no yeah yeah no 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 <laughs> and he looked now here's nine year old he looks at mom and dad he goes why does everything have to be on film <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah that was that was a hey let's teach mom and dad a lesson without turned, even realizing that i locked the it. camera in the tripod turned the camera off vicky and i looked at each other go you shoot him when you can yeah, and and he took a button buck, and that was his very first deer, his very first not on tail. camera, not on camera, which you would think we'd mm-hmm. have everything. No, because we realized that you know what we there's were trying, more yeah. more important things, and and that and he proved it to us, and and you know it was a blessing, a blessing in disguise because we you know it taught us. Listen, you know there's gonna you, your significant other, your children, you may find out that they they may not be ready to go out in the woods right now mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's just not that time so don't force any of it and no. like you said and vicky said keep make it easy make it simple you know instead of shooting 100 or 120 load you know put in 80 grains mm-hmm. let you know what i mean don't yeah. ma- don't spank them on their first few rounds right. let, let them experience it let them see the smoke yeah. and let it you know let them let them enjoy all this and and once they do that yes we're gonna lose them Mm-hmm. And this is a fact, you know, you're going to, your, your kids start to, you know, the boys start chasing the girls, the girls start chasing the boys, you know, sports and everything. Yeah. But we, there, it's a true fact that your kids will return to their roots after they start to stabilize in their life. Mm-hmm. Well, if you just plant that seed and you water it and know that there's going to be a dormant side, you know, a dormant time, but realize you're going to get that phone call. Mm-hmm. When you out of the blue, hey dad, ma, what are you guys doing this weekend? Well, I was thinking about coming out. Let's go hunting. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you if that don't put goose pimples on your entire body, you're missing what this is all about. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think that um, those those are the things that I those are the lessons I've yet to learn just because I'm so I'm so young. Um, but I I always appreciate hearing those lessons. So I was like, okay, I will I won't make I'll, I'll make sure to keep that in mind in the future when I'm when I'm doing all these things. So. Um, but I think we're, we'll probably about wrap it up. I don't want to be, I want to be cons- uh, considered your guys' time. I really appreciate you guys being on the podcast and, um, just 
chatting about hunting, muzzleloaders, all that kind of stuff. If if people want to get connected with your content, um, TV show times, Instagram. I know you guys always have hilarious coffee memes on your Instagram. Um, I love seeing yeah. those and all that kind of stuff. How do people find you? So all of our social media, if you, if you whether you're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all of those things are our at number, our at wording. Oh my gosh. Yeah. See the end of the, end of the podcast. I can't talk now is at Ralph and Vicky. So it's R A L P H A N D V I C K I. We also have a website. It's archerschoice.com. Super easy to get to. And um, our TV shows obviously are still on the outdoor channel. Right now we're airing um, Q3 at 22 in case the podcast gets late forever uh-huh. um our prime times are sunday at noon all year long and the choice episodes which we actually the deer hunt i was just talking about with ralph with the two deer um down in florida they actually will be airing this fourth quarter um on the choice and you so, smoke a big big this is pretty cool nice it is but yeah that's the easy you watch that you watch that carnivore go right through it's incredible Derek. i mean it looks like you just put a circle Right, and he just—I mean—he didn't Sweet. go anywhere. And he was the biggest pick we've shot for twenty-some years down in Florida. I can't wait! I can't wait to check it out. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, for all you guys listening, make sure to check out Ralph and Vicky. Um, awesome content, awesome family. Uh, really passionate about the outdoors, and uh, they do a lot of hunting with muzzleloaders. So if you guys are yep. obviously love muzzleloading, um, make sure yep. to check their show out. And uh, if you guys are just listening to this episode, make sure to leave a review. Uh, that really helps our show out. If you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. We post uh, usually about twice a week, uh, all muzzleloader content, how-tos, reviews, um, load development, all that kind of stuff. We have some exciting stuff in the pipeline for this summer, so make sure to hit that subscribe and click the bell. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. <laughs>